Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, the podcast where we dissect all different types of sports and how you can get into them. We talk to experts about how to be a more consummate athlete, whether that means, you know, at your desk or in your training. And we talk to people who are doing the consummate athlete thing and living that lifestyle. I'm Molly Herford. I'm the author of four books on all things cycling related. I write about running and biking and pretty much every kind of outdoor activity. Uh, I also do most outdoor activities and a bunch of other stuff. And I'm Peter, Molly's co-host. I'm a kinesiologist. (laughs) I don't know why you find it funny. but I'm sorry. Yeah. Carry on. I uh, help people move better and faster and safer and with more more fun, funner. Funnerer. Yeah. That's the technical term. So today's uh, a topic that I'm quite excited about, right up my alley, I guess. Yeah, so today's guest is Brandon Olin, who uh, runs a company called Mobility, and they're all about sort of making your everyday life a bit more movement-friendly. Uh, so we talk about all kinds of things about how to just kind of make office life and time spent at your desk or in your car just a little bit better on your body. Uh, you know, it's largely a topic that you think, oh, I've seen a couple articles on that. I'm totally doing some of those things already. But the more I talked to Brandon and you're going to hear it's pretty like embarrassing the amount of stuff that I do wrong. Uh, you know, even me as someone who really focuses on this stuff there's still so much room for me to improve. So Brandon gave me a lot of great tips and advice and some cool, cool things to try out. And I think while Peter is the, uh, the expert on this, it was probably a better thing that I talk to him because I get to ask all of the dumb questions that the, you know, maybe someone who isn't as familiar with kinesiology would be asking. Yeah. I mean, I think we all need reminders and different approaches to things, right? There's a lot of, I think, misinter- or misinformation about, you know, posture. And, you know, we started with the exercise ball chairs and the, uh, like, really ergonomic type stuff to just try and, like, cast people into their desks and, like, keep them without, you know, so they don't move all day. But, you know, somehow their, their backs are not under any load. And so I think we've moved a lot about, and it seems like Brandon's on that same page, right? It's just trying to move more and in different postures, sit differently throughout the day, you know, channeling our yoga, like how many different ways do you sit on the floor in yoga? Mm-hmm. You know, could you sit on the floor and talk to someone or lunge on the floor or stand or sit and, yeah. and just moving. So the, the, the catchphrase is your best posture is your next posture. And, you know, that can be taken too far as things, things do as well. You know, we don't want to be fidgeting and just like paranoid the whole day. Yeah, I appreciated that he refused to answer any of my questions that were like, but what's the best thing? Right. Because the answer is there isn't one. Like, yeah, and I think it's, thing. you know, it's whether we talk about food or whatever, right? you're going to have people on both poles and, you know, probably your answer is in the middle somewhere. You know, you can you can probably handle sitting for an hour a day or, or looking at your smartphone without your neck falling off. Um, but I mean, hey, like we all have to do that. It's, you know, even... Well, that's the reality. Like so that's what I'm saying is like you don't want to get people, you know, if you tell someone like, oh, don't ever bend over because your back or like deadlifting is going to ruin your back. Like that's not true. But if you deadlift, you know, if you try and lift a ton of weight without building up to it and or you try and do that every day, even if you have built up to it, you know, you're going to end up with an issue. So Mm -hmm. same thing. If you sit in the same chair the same way every day for 40 years, you're probably going to look like you sat in a chair for 40 years. Um, But if you mix that up a bit, you know, we're going to feel a lot better. A lot of those... I've had two clients in the last week who, you know, oh, you know, I've struggled with this for the last 10 years. The one guy was over 10 years um, 
with an issue and it turned out he just had to sort of you know do a bit more cat or sorry uh hip flexor stretching like mm. your basic quad stretch um and that really solved a lot of the issues for him and, and you know we all are on a journey but you know sometimes it just you know had he sat in a lunge stretch you know while talking on the phone or watching tv you know he might have avoided that right or, or just gone walking even you for know. sure and I think, like, you know, all of this comes back to being a consummate athlete. You know, most of us are stymied by 40-hour or 60-hour work weeks. And, you know, we can't always get out to be doing these adventures. So the more we can prep ourselves for said adventures by being our healthiest right. selves at Well, work. And so we're, we're standing right now. So hopefully you're able to go walking or maybe you're out on your bike or, you know, you're doing something right now. Full you... disclosure, I was going to sit down and then I remembered Well, but we also, we also have these nice standing things. So, you know, we were setting up our, our condo in July and that was, you know, I said I didn't want a TV on the wall. So that way we we're, you know, even we do watch Netflix and stuff on the laptops or whatever, but that way we have to set it up in a different place. So that sort of helps. And we have our standing desk, so we stand a bit and we lunge. We got our bar up so we can have a foot up, just like we're at the bar. I'll point out, I built it. No, not to, not to Molly had anything. exercise with that. And then we have higher stools and different heights of chairs and, and stuff all around the house. So we try and mix that up and you do the best you can, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of that, let's just for like 30 seconds talk. You've been lifting a lot more lately. How is it going? Good, yeah. Really good... Uh progress I think you know slow and steady and I'm doing Olympic lifting so it's a little it seems dangerous I think that's the people's first reaction is that you know you're gonna snatch or lift you know sort of take a bar off the ground and put it above your head um, you know and it is dangerous but you know so is mountain biking and so is a lot of other things we do so it's been fun sort of progressing it and you know trying to push myself a little bit but not yeah. too much and you've and had time up here in Collingwood actually to get to the gym on the regular and yeah that's the that. certainly with Olympic lifting that's the challenge right is you need the the right plates like you can't use metal plates because they're going to hit the ground pretty yeah. hard and so they need to bounce and so luckily at Active Life here in Collingwood they have you know the platform which means you're standing on plywood basically instead of like a hard cement floor because you're going to jump and slam your heels into the ground mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I've been having fun with that. And I think, you know, as far as just transferring that to the training of cyclists, you know, I think there's a few things I've sort of pulled out from the couple courses I've taken and the reading I've done and then my own sort of training now. So things that sort of come down the line. And Nice. I'm halfway through my month of an extra yoga class every day in addition to my normal like 15 minutes in the morning. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think I said it last week too, but I'm still super, super into it. I... Like feel like I'm actually making progress on it. And yeah, you're you're considering going for some yoga training. Yeah, actually, I talked with. Uh, we'll have to have her on. Is that why you're doing this, or is this for an article? It's for an article, but also because of that, I figured if I want to go for yoga teacher training, I should probably be able to you do yoga consistently. Yeah, yeah um, you got practice. But actually, it's uh, pro cyclocrosser Katie Keo. Well, now Keo, formerly Katie Antino. For those of you, who I feel like we're past know. that. Let's just say Katie Keo. Okay, Katie Keo. Don't identify her by her marriage. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, she went for yoga teacher training last year, and I think she'd be a great person to have on the podcast to talk about sort of the combination of that with cycling. But yeah, she's really into it, and we've had a couple good conversations and talked about some of the training she did. So I think yeah. So if anyone has like a really expensive yoga teacher or anything where I could sort of tag along and just sort of just ha- you just can't let me have it. Go for a walk? No, I'll go for walks on a beach okay. all day or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to do it. Okay. I'm not paying for it, so. All right. Anyway, my handstands are getting there. We'll see. At yeah. some point, I think we'll have to do a video or something. Okay. I'm pretty proud. Have you read anything good this week? 
Have I read anything good this week? Yes, actually, and we're interviewing her today. Um, we have uh, the author of Mindful Running coming on this, af- or this afternoon, so it'll be up probably next week, and that's going to be a super fun episode. Uh, it's part of my Athletic Bookworms book club's next read. So people can find that on the outdoor the, the outdoor edit com. Yeah. yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that. It's a really interesting book so far. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk more about that next week, though. I'm sure. Anyway, let's get into it with Brandon and uh, everybody just, you know, stand up or do a couple stretches while you listen to this so you don't feel too guilty by the end of it. Enjoy! Consummate Athlete Podcast here with Brandon Olin. So Brandon, how would you, how would you describe yourself and what you do? (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of an oddball of a uh, profession, I guess you could say. Um, We're there too, so I I totally understand that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So essentially, um, I started off learning about how to, uh, you know, mitigate the damage that comes from any sort of sedentary office job or sedentary life in general. Because when I was 23, I'd finished up my degree uh, while also working a full-time job and closing on a house. So doing all three of those things within one year meant that I was sitting on my butt like 80 plus hours, you know, on a good week. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I finished that year, I was just in way worse shape than any 23 year old has any right to be. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I tried the classic, uh, the classic things that everybody tries when they get put in that situation of eating healthy and going to the gym and all those sorts of things. And, you know, while that helped, it never got me to where I'd been before. Right. And so I started um, looking at like, okay, what's different between then and now? And one day after uh, my lunch, I was taking a walk outside just to get some fresh air. And it sort of hit me. I was like, oh, right, this is what's different than before. When I was a kid in school, I would like ride my bike or walk to school. I'd be walking at least once an hour to get between classes, chatting with friends. And I sort of realized that it's not just, you know, getting intense movement in every day in the form of exercise, but that getting a high volume of low impact movement in throughout the day is important as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a huge point that gets missed really, really often is that, you know, daily thing. So many people are like, oh, I go to the gym for like 45 minutes, five times a week or, you know, that kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. then just go and sit the rest of the time. Yeah, 45 minutes of exercise and 23 hours of sitting on your butt. It's not the uh, it's not a very balanced way of doing things. Um yeah. But so yeah, how so, did you end up in the career you're in now? <laughs> yeah. So I was, um, you know, researching all these things. I ended up looking at, um, you know, a whole number of different things like eye strain from looking at the screen all day. I was also an avid PC gamer most of my life. So oh my, my eyes, were, yeah, my eyes were just being assaulted by screens all day, every day. So, you know, I learned about, um, you know, UV light from screens and the yellow tinted lenses that can block them and standing desks and all these different things. And I'd always wanted to start my own business. So I, you know, went into building a website around selling these types of products. And um, it, you know, they definitely helped people. But I realized that, you know, you can have all the products in the world that can help you, but if you don't have the knowledge about the best way to apply them, then you're never going to get the best results you could. So that's when I started branching out into the consulting side and 
you know, working with businesses so that they can not only use these things to help improve the health of their employees, but also apply it in the best way possible and do it in a way that will allow people or basically promote people making these changes instead of, you know, doing like a New Year's resolution gym membership for two weeks and then giving up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So what are some of the like, biggest or most common, I guess, mistakes that you see people making with like, okay, I've gotten a standing desk or okay, I've gotten my blue light blocking glasses. Like, what are some of the big things people aren't doing? So uh, for example, with standing desks, this is something that you kind of see in health and wellness uh, a lot in general. I don't know if this is a you know US cultural thing or what, but Whenever we decide to make a change to improve our health, we just try to dive in the deep end and go all in all at once. So it's like, oh, it's, you know, New Year's resolution time. I'm going to adopt like a special forces level training regimen and eat the most strict paleo diet I can. And we try to do so much all at once. And then we wonder why it's not sustainable because those sorts of giant life changes are not easy to sustain if you don't implement them gradually. Mm -hmm. And people do the same thing with standing desks. They say, I've been sitting my butt all this time, so now I need to stand all the time. And they'll try and stand for eight hours a day all at once. And then they're going to have issues like lower back pain, knee and ankle pain. Um, If you switch solely from sitting to standing and stand all the time, you can run into pretty nasty issues like varicose veins and a whole bunch of other problems. Mm -hmm. So what I've realized is that the importance is, you know, a variety of both, you know, sitting and movement and different types of movement so if you can say you know stand for an hour or two in the morning then maybe take a half hour break and sit then maybe get like a little footstool and stand for an hour with one foot up then the other foot up and try and you know vary your postures and your movements because you know that's what our bodies are used to they're used to a variety of different types of movement standing and sitting and all these different things so mm-hmm. you know don't try to look for a one size fits all bandage solution you really need variety yeah no i think that's that's really smart and i i've definitely fallen into that with uh, the standing desk where i get it i do it for like a day and then the next day i'm like kind of just exhausted <laughs> yeah so yeah. now we have like bar stools so i can sort of jump between the two like sit for a few Mm -hmm. minutes stand etc yeah and a lot of people um you know people are very fond of whatever thing they've um discovered that has helped them to improve their health so (laughs) you know somebody who started using a standing desk will say oh you have to get a standing desk to the greatest thing ever whereas you know this more extreme person will say oh i got a treadmill desk your standing desk is worthless you got to get a treadmill desk (laughs) and it's just you know there's uh, this saying I'm fond of. I think it was by uh, Voltaire back in the day. He said, the perfect is the enemy of the good. Yes. So just because you can't get a treadmill desk doesn't mean that getting a standing desk won't vastly improve your life. And, you know, if you can't get either, just taking breaks throughout the day to move around is going to put you in a much, much better position than you'd be in otherwise. Yeah, I do think you're right. Like people tend to not really like the gradual thing because it doesn't seem as, I guess, badass or like Instagram worthy, if you will. Yeah, yeah. If you can't brag about it at a party, what's the point, right? Like if you're like, well, sometimes I go for walks like every every hour I get up and go to the bathroom at work. Like that's not nearly as cool as, yeah, I do squats every every like, you know, 20 minutes at my standing desk after I hop off the treadmill. Like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So 
one of the things you mentioned before it was, you know, you got outside and you were on this walk when you sort of realized that was what you were missing. Uh, what about the whole getting outside component? Because I feel like that's also a huge thing, right? Like you could go a whole day and even put in a couple hours at the gym, do a yoga class, do a spin class, whatever, and still never be outside. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm would I mean, that's something that I definitely implement in my life and I try to with my clients whenever I can. For example, one of the things I recommend they do if they can is encourage their employees, you know, after they finish lunch, if they're just sitting around chatting with their colleagues, just go for a walk outside and chat with their colleagues. Or if they have a meeting that they would normally have in a conference room, if they can do a walking meeting outside, that's all the better. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you've got vitamin D from sunlight and those sorts of things. Um, you know, changing up your environment and getting outside definitely seems to have some benefits in terms of like, I mean, I want to say depression, but it's, it definitely sort of helps change how you feel um, about the day you're having and all those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely something I recommend though, not, you know, not my area of expertise in particular. Yeah. Uh, So if one was to set up the perfect office, like in your mind and, you know, again, Obviously, most people have to take this like baby steps, but what is mm-hmm. like the ideal office environment? If you just if someone just said I'm starting from complete like just from scratch, build me the perfect thing. So, I would definitely say um standing desk would be good to have. Um treadmill desks are good, but I don't think that they're as good as people make them out to be. Um, for example, have you ever tried to, you know, get better at running or get in shape by running on a treadmill and, you know, increasing your mileage that way? I mean, I very quickly learned to hate my life running on a treadmill. <laughs> that's that's pretty much my treadmill extent. I do like the idea of a treadmill desk, but I actually can't personally imagine trying to like write or do my yeah. actual work on it, to be honest. Yeah, it, it can make it difficult to get your work done because, you know, typing while walking isn't exactly easy. But I've also realized that treadmill, you know, walking on a treadmill isn't anywhere near as beneficial as walking outside. Yeah. If you've ever seen somebody who's gotten really good at running on a treadmill and they'll put in like three or four miles on a treadmill at a, you know, seven minute mile pace, and then they try to run outside and they just die. Yeah. And it's because when you're on a treadmill, you're you're essentially your entire body is stationary, you know, above your legs. That's all sitting still while your legs pump back and forth. But when you're walking or running outside, your legs have to apply force to the ground to propel your body weight forward. So there's a big difference there that people don't normally realize that your legs on a treadmill are doing way, way less work. And that's Mm -hmm. why when you try to run outside, you just you know, it all falls apart. So, you know, there's that. I mean, they're incredibly large and cumbersome and expensive. You know, if you can, aff- they're, they're good, you know, if you can afford one, if you got the space to put it and all those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that's not really in your budget or it's not practical, say you, you know, want to do something like this um, at your work, but you work in an office with, with a bunch of other people and you can't do that. Um, there are some other things you can get in place of that that work pretty well too. Like, you know, those, um, like gym stair stepper type machines. Oh yeah. Yeah. So if you search on Amazon, you can get those things for like $40 for very minimalist, just like small unit that sits on the ground. 
And if you want to say, take 20 minutes and step on a stair stepper instead of just standing still at your desk, and that's a great way to sort of get the benefits that a treadmill desk would bring without, you know, the financial investment and the space it takes up and all those sorts of things. Oh, I love that. And we'll have to, you have to send me a link to one that you would, you would go for so we can have that in the show notes. I'm already, I'm like, oh man, I need to order one of these like today because I've been really wanting a treadmill desk, but I mean, we live in a pretty small condo, so Mm -hmm. it's a pretty hard ask to think about setting up like a full on treadmill. Even if we got a manual, it's still, they take up a lot of space. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, um, the stair stepper thing is actually something that we've been uh, planning to add to our product offering for a while, but we don't have yet. So I can just, you know, find a, a good one on Amazon to share with you guys. Yeah, um, that would be awesome. But, but yeah, if, you know, I could say that like a treadmill desk might be, you know, the optimal solution, but I am a very, or tend to be a very pragmatic person. So, you know, if I was going to set one up for myself or for a friend, I would probably say standing desk uh, with an anti-fatigue mat on the floor so that they don't, you know, have as much foot, ankle problems, and those sorts of things. Yeah, actually, talk to me about that, because I think that's something that gets missed a lot when you have people just start with a standing desk, right? Like, you just completely ignore that. It definitely depends on the footwear that you're wearing. So if you're in a, you know, a business dress code office and you have to wear an uncomfortable pair of dress shoes, uh, standing in those all day is going to be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And Um, You know, if it's a bit more casual vibe and you can wear like a good pair of, uh, you know, running shoes or an outdoor type of sneaker, then that would definitely be less damaging. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I was working in an office and I had a standing desk with an anti-fatigue mat, I just had a nice pair of, um, what do they call them, Oxfords, the the slip-on dress shoes you can just pop on and off. So so when I was standing, I would just pop those off, stand, you know, in my socks on the anti-fatigue mat and it was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. I... I'm definitely a big fan of any kind of barefoot situation, but we also don't work in an office, so we're we're pretty yeah, lucky. Yeah. It's a extremely casual dress code for us at all times. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Sweatpants and hoodies all day. I hear you. Exactly. Sometimes I, mean, I think about getting dressed, but then I'm like, ah, I'm just gonna put on shorts <laughs> to go run or something later. So why bother? Yeah, I mean, I've got my my fancy flannel shirt on today, so I'm really up in the style game right now. Isn't it great when you suddenly realize, like, because it's buttoned down, it technically counts as dressed up when you when you don't work in an office. Uh, technically correct, the best kind of correct. Yeah, exactly. I'm actually doing exactly the same thing. I've got flannel right now. It's excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so what about um, like stuff like the ergonomic chairs, like? Where do you fall on those kind of things? Right. So that was going to be the next thing to jump onto. So you've got uh, standing desk, anti-fatigue mat. um, You've got little floor stepper thing if you want. Another good thing that people can add are um, like those hand uh, metal grip strength trainers. Oh, yeah. And sets of resistance bands. Those are both things that you can do very easily. Even if you don't have a standing desk, you can use those like put a resistance band underneath your foot and do, you know, like bicep curls or something like that while you're reading an email. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can get a set of resistance bands on Amazon for like 10 to 20 bucks. So that's a very easy, small, low cost investment that can make a big difference to get more movement throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got those. And then for um, like ergonomic chairs, uh, the, the problem that I have with a lot of, you know, ergonomic chairs, it depends on the, the type of chair that it is. But um, what I've realized through, you know, reading like 
physiotherapy journals and things like that is that our the biomechanics of our body doesn't work well when you have the thigh completely parallel to the floor. So if you think about your thighs, imagine it like it's a wrench attached to the base of your spine. Mm-hmm. And the closer you turn it towards parallel with the ground, the more torque it's applying to the base of your spine. And when you get it fully parallel, you're putting so much torque on there, it's really pulling the lower back, the spine, like down and out of alignment. And it's not that, you know, you need to sit with proper posture to avoid your back hurting. It's that this style of chair, it like kind of forces you to you know have bad posture so what i've found that tends to work the best in avoiding this is any sort of chair or seating arrangement that angles your thighs more towards the ground because it relieves a lot of that torque and makes it easier to sit with good posture so the two most common examples of this would be either kneeling chairs Um, i'm not sure if you're familiar with those but essentially the seating pad is angled at not quite a 45 degree angle, but it's angled down towards the ground. Mm -hmm. And then it's got a pad at the opposite way where your uh, shin and knees will rest on. Um, You know, people listening to this can just search kneeling chair on Amazon and they'll see dozens of examples of what I'm talking about. So that's one good option. And then the other option that a lot of people use is to sit on a yoga ball because you can do the same thing. You can angle your thighs more towards the ground, makes it easier to sit up with proper posture. And it also forces your you know a lot of the uh, core muscles to fire throughout the day to keep you stable because it's a inherently unstable surface and you're you know might be rolling around a little bit and losing your balance so you're kind of getting more activity in throughout the day by sitting on something like that as opposed to a stable uh you know chair that doesn't move okay now if someone works in an office, how does one convince their boss about the importance of this? I mean, I know you're usually working with the boss, correct? Yes, I would normally work with uh, the boss or usually somebody in HR or, you know, if they have like um, an employee benefits or wellness person. So if you are interested in these sorts of things and you, you know, want to see if they can implement something like this at your company, Um, Usually somebody in HR is the first person to go to, Um, you know, maybe just give your boss a heads up so they don't think you're going over their head or anything like that. Um, You know, aside from pointing them at me and, you know, I can jump on the phone with them and explain some things. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, you can definitely tell them about the benefits of these things. You can link all manner of, you know, studies. Um, You know, the better companies out there will take it seriously and will do what they can to help you achieve this. But a lot of the time you just sort of have to make the decision for yourself that you want to get these things because you know a lot of um a lot of employers you know they they get that it's a big deal but they just don't want to drop the money on things like that so um it's it's definitely because of the financial investment that a lot of these things take it's usually a pretty long-form conversation like it's going to take at least a few weeks to a few months to you know really drill down on the benefits and why it's good for the employees and for the you know morale of the employees and the company culture and all those sorts of things to to be the kind of company that invests invests in the well-being of their employees Mm -hmm. yeah definitely but i mean i guess like the yoga ball as long as you can just sort of subtly switch that out you know it's not going to be super noticeable or anything if you just do that kind of under your desk yeah i mean that's those things are so cheap that it's um, pretty easy to pick one up and bring it in um 
the you know people noticing as far as them like making you know giving you a problem for it usually is what happens usually it's people giving you weird looks and being like oh Susie in accounting sitting on a yoga ball what's up with her yeah great the the office kooky person sure yeah so if you can you know just not care about the the judgment of your peers then you can do a lot of this stuff on your own in a pretty uh, pretty sustainable way yeah for sure Health IQ is a life insurance company that promotes a health-conscious lifestyle through financial rewards. They've used science and data to get lower rates on life insurance for health-conscious people just like you, including those who exercise four times a week through cycling, weightlifting, swimming, running, whatever consummate athlete lifestyle you're, you're undertaking. Research has shown that people who are highly active through exercise have a 22% lower cancer risk, 50% lower heart risk, and 34% lower risk of early death. Many people who exercise regularly don't realize that they can get a special rate with Health IQ if they qualify through the Health IQ quiz. Health IQ has special rates for cyclists, runners, triathletes, vegans, and other health-conscious people, so you can qualify by scoring elite on quizzes for specific lifestyles. Essentially replacing BMI with waist-to-hip ratio for better predictors of cardiovascular disease when it comes to weightlifters and muscular builds. That's great for me. They also have replaced the LDL-HDL ratio with triglyceride to HDL ratio for low-carb and paleo dieters, which is a better predictor of cholesterol health, and they don't take into account one incidence of family history if you're otherwise healthy. So, go over to healthiq.com slash CAPod all lowercase and take that quiz um they have a bunch of different quizzes on the website and website's pretty well designed so it's worth heading over there checking it out and again using that link healthiq.com slash c-a-p-o-d what about people who already are standing all day like people that work in retail how can they sort of improve their their ergonomics because i know uh, for example, like my aunt was doing gift wrapping at Christmas. So she was on her feet and like leaning over to like wrap stuff. And she had the worst hip and back pain after that. I mean, standing is the optimal, but what about when you're standing all day and it's no longer working for you? That's the tough thing. When you're standing all day and your job requires that you stand in one spot still all day. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, the the joints benefit from low impact activity. So if it were possible for her to walk around while doing it, that would help deal with a lot of those issues, but it sounds like it's not. Um, I mean, any type of movement is going to be better than no movement. So if she can like, you know, shift back and forth from foot to foot, if she can, um, you know, even just like raise her, you know, do like knee raises or something like that throughout the day. And it doesn't have to be like do 20 minutes of knee raises, just spend like 30 seconds or a minute just to get that movement in. Um, because that's what the joints are used to. They're used to, you know, constant movement. I mean, I remember reading uh, an article or a study and they said that our uh, the primitive, um, you know, hunter-gatherer ancestors that we all evolved from walked an average of four to ten miles a day. So that's the level of activity that we sort of have to compare what we're doing to mm-hmm. um, from a historical perspective. So, you know, again, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good and just try and move yourself around as much as possible. Yeah. 
so that actually reminds me my my grandmother you know always used to like poke us between the shoulder blades and do like the stand up straight thing so let's <laughs> let's talk posture for a sec like like you're saying moving around is sort of the ideal so instead of you know just always doing that like super straight thing or always doing the super hunched over thing what what is good posture exactly um so generally speaking you know a lot of us won't have this just because of how much time we spent you know hunched over our computer or hunched over our cell phone or whatever but Mm -hmm. generally speaking um if you could you know Imagine like the very tippy top of your head, um, you know, not all the way at the back, probably like halfway to two thirds back. Um, From there, you'd want to be able to draw a straight line down from that point down through your neck, shoulders, hips, knees and ankles. That is sort of the natural state of, um, you know, good posture that human beings are designed to have. Now, that's not a very common one these days. Yeah. uh, But that's sort of the thing to strive towards. Um, if it's kind of a really complex subject to explain the, you know, how to do this over, you know, just a quick conversation like this. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's this phenomenal book that I highly recommend. It's called true to form by Dr. Eric Goodman. And in it, he has a number of, um, you know, movements or exercises that he calls foundation training that essentially, are you know very specifically designed to sort of reverse the damage from all of this you know sedentary hunched over um you know postures or movements in modern life so i highly recommend that book it's pretty dense um but highly recommend okay cool now that kind of reminded me what what's your feeling on that that phenomenon that's been kind of in the media i guess lately of uh tech neck so where our necks are all sort of like uh, like forward and down, I mm-hmm. guess, from looking at our phones. Is it a real thing? How do we combat it if it is a real thing? Oh, Help. yeah, ab- <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, I actually, I, I put up a, uh, a little, like, sort of article tip thing on my website regarding dealing with that, um, and I show, essentially, that when I'm working on my laptop, when the laptop is just sitting on the desk you know my neck is craned so far forward and i'm so hunched over that i look like some like old-timey cartoon witch hunched over her cauldron like it's a very real thing Mm -hmm. and if you spend eight hours a day in that position it's going to have an effect um so the best thing that you can do you know to to basically the smallest change that you can do to have the greatest impact um, is just to elevate your screen so that even if you're sitting down in a normal chair and that's causing lower back problems and all those sorts of things, if you elevate your screen up so that you don't have to tilt your neck down, it might not seem like a big difference, but that's changing the angle that your neck is resting at for eight hours every day minimum if you know, you're working a classic office job. So just doing that alone will make a world of difference. Um, what they've figured out is that the human eye is designed to look either directly ahead or about 15 degrees down. So you want to elevate it to the point that, you know, when you're sitting up with proper posture and all that, uh, and you're looking straight ahead, your eyes should be focusing on the top third of the screen. So that way, you know, you're looking straight ahead, you see the top of the screen. And then if your eyes are looking 15 degrees down, you'll be focused on the middle of the screen. So that'll allow you to sit with your neck perfectly upright. And, you know, you can buy monitor stands or laptop stands or whatever to do this for you, but 
you know, in that first job I had right out of college, I just stacked old reams of printer paper up beneath my <laughs> screen. I mean, who prints things anymore anyway? Sure. You know, you could you could pop like a, you know, a duct tape reinforced cardboard box under it. Like whatever you got to do to elevate it to that level is going to work wonders for both your neck and your upper back pain if you're suffering from that. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point. And it's one of those things like I didn't notice it personally until this is like awful, but we got our wedding pictures back and I realized in all of them, I'm like trying to do like the posture my grandmother would have yelled at me about, <laughs> but like my neck is legitimately craned like an inch forward. So mm. all of like the sideways shots, I'm like, oh, the worst, just throw them out. And it was, it was like a huge wake up call because I'm just not used to seeing that, but I'm realizing like, oh my gosh, I actually like can barely get back to what that's supposed to look like. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, even me, you know, with the things that I use to avoid that, I still suffer from that a bit, you know, I, uh, in that article that I referenced earlier, I had, you know, three side-by-side -side pictures, one with the laptop on the uh, table, one with the laptop further back where I was using a mouse and a keyboard, and one where I'd elevated it so that I could look directly ahead at it. But even in that one, my neck was still kind of forward. I'm like, oh my God, even I'm suffering from this. Yeah. So where do you feel, or where do you come down on some of those uh, really crazy things that um, they're sort of, not girdle isn't the right word, um, the bands that sort of look like bras almost that can pull your shoulder blades back, are they helpful or are they just sort of this weird band-aid that we're putting on the situation? I'd, I would definitely classify it more as a band-aid. I mean, having your, you know, shoulders back and, you know, proper posture and all that, um, if you have your body in that position throughout the day, even if you have something assisting you, it's definitely going to, you know, get you there eventually, or at least move you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely sort of a band-aid that's not really addressing the, you know, treating the disease or the root cause, essentially. Totally. So, um, you can, you know, elevate the screen to avoid the neck and upper back pain. Now you're still, your shoulders are still going to be a bit hunched forward if, you know, like the best way to deal with that is really more of a postural thing and making sure that you try to do it, um, that you're, you have your body aligned the right way. Mm -hmm. So one thing that you can do is particularly if you sit as close to your desk as you can like sit you know so your stomach is basically touching the desk and have your mouse and keyboard pulled right up to the edge of it because if they're further away you have to move your hands and your arms forward which causes your shoulders to roll forward a little bit okay. so that's one thing that can be done um to sort of combat that but it's really a, a difficult thing to you know, a lot of these other things, like if you have a kneeling chair or a yoga ball, that can make it easy to avoid the damage to your lower back. But the the shoulders thing is very much, um, you kind of just have to build the habits over time. And there's really no easy solution for that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Awesome. So the next thing is something you and I talked about a bit off, off of this. Um, people who travel a ton for work. So, I mean, there's sort of two parts to that. First, we have, like, the actual travel itself. So whether you're driving or flying, sort of dealing with that, especially, I mean, it's one thing if you fly once a month, right? But, like, when you're flying mm -hmm. once a week or, like, doing, like, you know, really long drives, or I guess even if you have a long commute to work that you're driving. Um, so let's talk the actual travel itself first. 
how can we make our drives better and our flights better from a mobility standpoint? Well, drives are going to be incredibly difficult because yeah. I, yeah, I don't want to recommend anything that's going to distract the person from driving. I mean, people drive crazy enough as it is. Yeah. Um, there are some decent um, things you can get for your car seat, like um, like mesh lumbar supports. Okay, so those yeah. things can provide support to your lower for your lower back. You know, it's a band-aid solution, but it's kind of an unavoidable one because there's really no other good solution that doesn't make, you know, that doesn't really distract you from driving and put people in danger. So that is kind of a, a tough one. Um, you know, mm. I would say if you can, you know, if it's feasible based on where you live, obviously try to switch to something like biking to work or taking public transit or walking. You know, those things are always going to be, you know, leaps and bounds better if it's feasible. But, you know, I'm from Buffalo where we have the worst public transit imaginable. So that's simply not possible for people here. Yeah. Um, so the, the mesh lumbar support thing definitely helps, um, you know. That's a thing where doing certain stretches to combat that, you know, you've got the sort of uh, hunched forward, um, you know, rounded lower back position. So what I personally normally do to sort of treat that after the fact would be a combination of, um, if you're familiar with uh, yoga poses, the cobra pose and yeah. the up upward dog pose, essentially the exact opposite um, of hunched over is to sort of stretch your whole back that way. So that's definitely something good to implement if you have the time or patience or all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, flying, you at least have the freedom to sort of move around a little bit if you want to, but you're still in a chair that sort of promotes that bad posture. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, you want to get up and move around at least once in a while, you know, if you need to use the restroom or just to get up and walk around. Um, I recently came back uh, from Europe to the, the U.S. I flew from Munich to Philadelphia, which was a nine-hour flight. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to get up at least like every hour or two just to sort of walk up and down the aisle a bit because, you know, after three or so hours of sitting still, my back was just screaming. Um, so that can definitely just help sort of give your, your back a break. Um, there are some things that you can do to remain a bit more active. Uh, for example, when I was traveling around, I brought the resistance bands and those grip strength trainers with me. Those mm -hmm. are great, small, compact little things that allow you to get some more movements in throughout the day. Um, and Actually, talk about the grip strength thing for a second, because we, we kind of mentioned it earlier and then didn't really get into it too much. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's the thing that's like too... Um, Basically, you're just like squeezing it and it it's something climbers would use to get better at, you know, actually grabbing onto rocks, stuff like that. I'm describing it really poorly, so I'm going to let you explain <laughs> what it is and how it's helpful. No worries. Yeah. So there's a number of different ones out there on the market. Um, the ones that I like are called Captains of Crush Grip Strength Trainers. Those ones, uh, it's essentially two metal bars that are connected by like a metal, uh, a thick metal coil. And you, you know, put your fingertips on one end and the base of your palm on the other and you just squeeze them shut. And they're very beneficial both for training your grip strength, but also for, um, you know, if you do any sort of um, heavy lifting, like, you know, strong lifts, five by five or, you know, something that involves a lot of deadlifts or things like that. They designed the metal grip on them to be pretty rough and it sort of roughs your hand up in the similar way that doing a deadlift would. 
So it kind of gives you those calluses and makes uh, doing all those heavy lifts a lot easier. So those are very, very nice for that reason as well. Nice. Perfect. Um, so yeah, using that on a plane would be super good. What about uh, using like a lacrosse ball or something like that to sort of like roll out your back and your butt and stuff while you're while you're in flight? That's actually not something that I had considered. Um, I've used <laughs> <laughs> I've used uh, like a foam roller at home to you know roll things like that out. I don't know if the uh, you know the airplane like seat back would provide enough resistance for the lacrosse ball to be able to do its job. Um, I've you know heard of people doing that with the lacrosse ball you know like on the ground putting it uh, between the floor and their feet and rolling yeah. their feet out that way. That thing could definitely work. Um, I don't know. I've never tried the back thing, but I guess uh, if any, you know, go-getting listeners of this podcast want to try it out, let us know what happens. Yeah, right. Um, and then actually thinking about plane stuff, what about those ridiculous like U-shaped pillows that everyone gets for sleeping? I feel like they might be terrible. The neck pillows? Yeah. Um, it's, I, it really depends. I mean, if... Um, you wouldn't otherwise be able to sleep on the plane and that allows you to sleep, you know, that's yeah. probably not bad, especially if you need it. Um, I, it's again, sort of a bandaid solution. Um, you know, if you just want to hold your neck upright and that's what the pillow's for, that's kind of, you know, helping support your neck when the ideal solution is to develop the proper musculature in your neck that it can support itself for long times without any issues. So mm -hmm. if people are just using it to sleep, I think it's fine. Um, if they're using it because they're having trouble supporting their neck upright for that long a period of time, then there's a deeper issue there that we need to look at. Yeah, totally. Um, perfect. And then when you actually get somewhere, so say you're going to like a business conference where you're just going to be stuck sitting a ton of the day in like uncomfortable chairs, what are some things people can do to mitigate that either, you know, during or before or after? So... Uh, for the after, um, those stretches that I recommended are definitely a great place to start. If, um, you know, if any of these other solutions would be a bit, you know, might get you some weird looks from your colleagues or potential customers, you might not want to do some of these things. <laughs> um, but one good one, it's not a great thing to do long term um, because it can be a bit restrictive in terms of the circulation, but you can always sort of slide your butt forward. So you're sitting on the edge of your chair, which makes it easier to angle your thighs down towards the ground mm -hmm. so that you can sit with proper posture and avoid the damage to your back. Um, that can be done fairly easily without looking too odd. And it also gives you the benefit of you're not using the back of the chair to hold your back upright. You're using the musculature of your back to do so. Right. Um, so that's definitely a great one. Um, you know, it, a lot of it always comes down to, you know, how many people are around who you need to make a good impression on yeah. and, you know, how weird are you willing to look in front of these people? So if, you know, you're at some high powered business meeting and you need to, you know, avoid looking odd, then you can always just do stretches after the fact to sort of try and reverse whatever damage was done. Mm -hmm. But if, you know, that's just a half hour or an hour meeting, then that's really not too big a deal in the grand scheme of things. You want to make the change that's going to, you know, the changes that will have the biggest impact over a longer period of time, which for most people, it's just going to be making those changes for their daily work habits. Yeah, this sounds to me like it's sort of, uh, you know, like we talk about with eating and anything like that, where it's 80-20, right? Like, try to do it right 80% of the time, the other 20% exactly, of the time, yeah. like, it is what it is. 
Yeah, and um, you know, if there's somebody who travels around a lot working from a laptop, um, we do have a pretty compact uh, pop-up laptop stand that we sell on our website that's very easy to travel with that can elevate your laptop so that you get that proper viewing angle and don't damage your upper uh, back and neck. So definitely recommend something like that. Um, you definitely need, you know, a separate keyboard and mouse to use it. Otherwise, you're going to have like your, you know, hands sort of hovering yeah. <laughs> up, yeah, on your elevated laptop, which would look a bit strange. But yeah, yeah, you either look like a witch because you're super hunched over or you look like a witch because your hands are up and it looks like you're trying to cast a spell or something. Exactly. So. Yeah. Either way, you look spooky. So. <laughs> but I mean, Bluetooth keyboards are super cheap. We actually always travel with one because Peter does that a lot. He'll, you know, prop it up on whatever he can whenever we're in hotels and stuff. I'm pretty bad for that. Um, actually, you'll probably yell at me. I am one of those people that like will work on the couch or work in bed just like all the time, which to be fair, Peter always steals the desk in the hotel. So, you know, there's only one. That's um, fair, yeah. Yeah. Uh so how bad is that? for me <laughs> um, and you can I be mean, honest be honest yeah it really it really depends on how you're doing it um doing it on the couch isn't the worst thing i actually will occasionally work um sitting on the ground and i will put my laptop on like an end table so it's sitting up you know right at about eye height mm -hmm. and then just have like a small bench that i can put the mouse and keyboard on um when you sit like cross-legged the it definitely seems to have less of an impact on your lower back but it's particularly much better if you can avoid sitting against the back of the couch or having something else that's supporting your back if mm -hmm. your back has to hold itself up then that's going to be that much better for you um you know if you're laying uh in bed and you've got something holding your screen in front of your face and you're completely laying still i mean that's not horrible for your posture because your body's you know in a straight line but i can't say what effects that will have on your athleticism or anything like that yeah totally all right perfect and then i think the last thing i wanted to ask is we mentioned the one the true to form book but are there any other books that have really kind of guided your beliefs and practices or you know ones that you would recommend people read if they're really interested in this stuff yeah so um i also read uh, becoming a supple leopard by kelly starrett the guy who founded the whole crossfit movement peter uh, is it obsessed is, with that book by the way <laughs> it is yeah it is an excellent excellent book but it's also freaking massive i mean yeah. it's like 400 pages and like you know larger than a encyclopedia or dictionary like it's massive so it's a great book if you really want to dive into all these things and he does touch on a lot of things besides just posture so it's a very good all-purpose book but you know you're going to need to bring some dedication to the table when you try to read that thing yeah um, if you're looking for something a little bit uh simpler and easier to dive into uh, one of my favorites and actually the book that was i think the first one that sort of took me down this whole path was The Paleo Solution by Rob Wolf. Um, excellent, excellent book. He does touch on, you know, posture and movement and all these sorts of things. But he's also just a really funny guy. He's got mm -hmm. humor spread throughout that entire book. Um, one of my favorite lines that uh, he has in that book, he says, um, if the government comes to help you run, they're either, bring <laughs> they're either bringing a firing squad or dietary changes, but the end result is the same. <laughs> that's amazing yeah so he's he's a very very funny guy and it's jam-packed with useful information so i highly highly recommend checking that out perfect 
Um, and then is there anything else that you you want people, whether they work in an office, whether they're, you know, working, yeah, any kind of job that puts them in one position during the day, any last piece of advice you'd want to share with them? Um, yeah, just do whatever you can to break up the day with movement. Um, it doesn't, you know, have to be standing for a half hour. Some studies have shown that even taking a break, say, every 20 to 30 minutes, you know, a two-minute long break of just standing up and walking around can have a massive impact on, you know, mitigating the damage caused by sedentary life. Mm-hmm. And there's this excellent technique um, that I use and I usually recommend to my clients. It's actually not designed for this, but it works really well for it. It's called the Pomodoro technique. Are you familiar with it? Yes, I love it. (laughs) Yep. So it's great. Um, For those unfamiliar, essentially you break your work up into 25-minute chunks with five-minute breaks in between. And it's actually designed uh, as a productivity technique uh, by this startup advisor. What was his name? Um, Francesco Cerillo, I believe. And the idea is that when you break your tasks up into these smaller time frames, it makes them seem like less intimidating and more manageable. And those five minute breaks sort of allow you to get psychological distance so that you can sort of see it more objectively. Um, instead of having this like, oh, I've got this four hour chunk of time and all this work to do before lunch. It's like, OK, I've got a 25 minute Pomodoro to do and now I've got five minutes off and I can, you know relax, do whatever. I can stand up. I can walk around. I can go grab a coffee. Just doing that, you know is a great way to break your day up with movement. And then you can spend those five minute chunks however you like. You can, you know, walk, you can use your resistance bands and do, you know, some basic exercises or some grip strength training, um, you know, whatever you want to do in that time frame, And it can have a massive, massive impact on your health. Yeah, I love that. All right. And where can people find you? Uh, so our website is Movility. That's M-O-V-I-L-I-T-Y dot C-O. Um, I, let's see, our Facebook, I think is just facebook.com slash mobility co, uh, same with our Twitter, twitter.com slash mobility co, but I'm actually not certain about that. So <laughs> well, if there's we'll, any we'll sort of check. show notes, you can put them in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to uh, say our show notes for this episode, I think are going to be massive because you <laughs> named so many cool pieces of gear and so many cool books. So everyone should definitely, definitely check the show notes for all definitely, of those links. Yeah. yeah and I'll, uh, I'll try and gather some of those resources together and send you over anything that I haven't already. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, mobility.co. And, uh, if people, you know, check out our website, they can join our email list and we, you know, send out all sorts of updates and new info about all these kinds of things. So perfect. Well, thank you so much, Brandon, for taking the time to chat today. This is super fun. I'm now very nervous about my posture, but in the best (laughs) way, It's, it's always good to have the reminder. It's one of those you know, you, you kind of live in the fitness sphere and you get sort of used to like being the fit one. And then you kind of forget things like that. And you're like, Oh, right. I Uh, need to, I need to focus on this stuff again. Curse of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, It's the whole, um, the, the, the problem with experts is that they forget what it's like to be a beginner. Exactly. Exactly. So this is one other, uh, this is actually why Peter and I decided I needed to be the one to talk to you because he, (laughs) he had stuff today, but he's a kinesiologist and he's, so passionate about this stuff that he's almost too good where like he wouldn't know how to ask questions about people that have bad posture because he's Mm -hmm. so dialed on all of that stuff that he was like no you should probably talk to him because you're you're probably the more or i guess less knowledgeable person so you'll ask (laughs) the right questions which was sort of an insult but 
See, one I'm, other, even, um, I'm even fighting with him when he's not on the podcast. <laughs> he's not even here when I'm fighting. <laughs> yep, that happens. Um, <laughs> one, one other thing I'll, uh, I want to slip in here, which this could actually help you as well when it comes to, you know, working, um, sitting on the couch and those sorts of things. One thing that I often recommend people do because the difference between, you know, the angle of your thighs can make such a huge impact. Mm -hmm. um, one good way to test this is you can sit on the ground like cross-legged mm -hmm. and then you can sit in what's called a siza position. Have you ever heard that before? I haven't. What's that? So that's a term from, uh, I think, Japanese martial arts. I think Aikido, Aikido is the main one that uses it. Um, everybody, for the most part, is familiar with it. It's when you sit with your, um, you know, your shins and your feet flat against the ground. And then your, you know, your butt is sitting on top of uh, your calves. Okay. So just try sitting in those two different positions. And when you sit in size of position, you're going to see a massive difference in how easy it is to maintain good posture. And that's a difference of like, you know, 10 or 15 degrees in terms of the angle of your thighs. But just doing that, you'll see, holy crap, it's so much easier to sit upright. And that's actually another thing that I do. I sometimes sit cross-legged in front of the end table with my laptop on it, or sometimes I sit in size of position and work there. And it can, uh, it can work wonders for your back. So I highly recommend trying that just to sort of see how big a difference it can make. Oh, that's awesome. I think we'll have to also take some of these and put it into a post and do some photos of them so people can sort of visualize them because I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, I love it. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for chatting. It, this was awesome and definitely a good refresher for me. <laughs> no problem, Molly. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Thanks so much for listening to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. We would love if you would head over to iTunes and leave us a review. And while you're there, consider subscribing. We'd also love to connect over at Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Molly J. Herford and Peter is at Peter Glassford. If you have ideas or questions from today's podcast, or you just want to browse some of the show notes and past shows, you can also check us out at consummateathlete.com. Thanks, guys, and we will see you next time. <laughs>